Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Draft Special. We are back for Episode 3, where we're going to talk positional strategies, quarterbacks and tight ends specifically. Running backs, wide receivers, Seth, they're they're filtered through the entire draft. It's not necessarily um, a strategy approach there. It's a lot about picking the right players, whereas QB and tight end, we feel like we can implement a, a fairly specific strategy, which we're going to go over with you. We're going to start getting into the meat and potatoes of our overall draft strategy and game plan, talking specific players, targets. So get your notepads out for episode three of the draft special, which is presented by RT Sports. Make sure you check them out. If you're looking for a new platform or trying to test out a new one, their commissioner service with our promo code is now free. If you go to RT Sports slash fantasy using the promo code talking heads. Um, all right, Seth. So you broke down the QB strategy. We're going to talk about one QBs and two QB leagues, of course. So get us started. What are we looking to do with the QBs in our drafts? Yeah. So, I mean, first, with quarterbacks, it's a little bit easier. We, we you know, we're splitting hairs with some of this because obviously there's a lot of good quarterbacks. We'll start with one quarterback leagues first, um, and then we'll get into two quarterback leagues. With one quarterback leagues, let's start at, you know, obviously you want to wait. I think a lot of people subscribe to the um, the um, philosophy that you shouldn't take a, a quarterback in a one quarterback league early. There's just too many good ones. There's always very solid quarterbacks hanging around on the waiver wires throughout the season. So there's no need, even, even you know, for like the Patrick Mahomes – Aaron Rodgers, um, Kyler Murray's, Josh Allen's. Like my main thing this year is, you know, th- it's not worth reaching to grab them in rounds one through four or anything like that. There's just too many good ones late. So we've identified, you know, I've identified um, a list of of quarterbacks that I think will will still get you points, will be very serviceable, um, but you don't have to take them in those earlier rounds when you really want to focus on on taking those positional players, especially if you have deeper rosters. So if you're in a one quarterback league and you're starting multiple flex players or you're starting three wide receivers, it even it's even more so important to to wait on quarterbacks as long as humanly possible. Um, now, I'm not saying you wait and you grab Jimmy G with like the last pick in your draft, but um, you know you do wait for a general rule of thumb for one quarterback leagues this year. We're looking at round nine, round nine or later to grab your first quarterback. And I'll talk about a couple exceptions I have to that. Um, in a little bit. Let me let me let me interject real quick too. I was just gonna say when you're looking at the ADPs, let's just keep in mind that 
there's a lot of kind of uh, dummy data in there. And I think even more so when it comes to the QBs, you have a lot of people that are just drafting someone that they're familiar with, with Pat Mahomes super early, which is skewing the numbers. Because if you're, if you're going to get into a real league, a potential experts types of leagues, the, the, there's one position that's clearly way off, and that's going to be QBs. So just because they're going there, let everyone else look at the ADPs, um, thinking that that's where they should be drafted. We're obviously giving you the advice and, and knowledge of they're completely, a lot of these numbers are inflated because of these auto drafts, and the, the ADPs are reflecting that. So just kind of want to, I guess, interject that. All right, fair enough. Um, so I'll, I'll go through a list of some of these these quarterbacks that um, that that I like. That I think I think still because with one quarterback leagues, you do want that upside from the quarterback because you know you, there's going to be fallback options in free agents throughout the season. Um, you know you're going to be able to get a replacement if you need if you need to. Um, and it's easy to trade for quarterbacks because they're just not as valuable in one quarterback leagues. So with that being said, I, I think you want to try and find the highest amount of upside potential on game to game upside that you can um, because there just isn't a ton of difference between a lot of these quarterbacks. So here's my list. I got Jalen, Jalen hurts going in the ninth round, 9.05 Joe Burrow, um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, when you get into the 11th round, Kirk cousins in the 13th round, um, definitely not sexy, but in a, again, in a one quarterback league, there's just not a ton of difference. He only averaged three less fantasy points last year than Russell Wilson. Um, Ben Roethlisberger in the 14th round. Then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick in the 14th round, again, getting later in the draft. But I, I like, I love Washington's offense this year, um, you know, as kind of an underrated, sneaky, good fantasy offense. Big Big Ben, obviously, is, is going to be in one of the most pass-heavy offenses this year. They added Nashi Harris, I think, will help, returning a, a great wide receiver core. Um, you got Derek Carr in the 14th round, and then Cam Newton, in the 14th round as well, with his with his rushing ability, assuming he's the starter, um, and again with 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 Cam Newton, it's kind of shaky, not sexy, but you can always with someone like him, I would maybe recommend rostering maybe a second quarterback with upside, like a Trey Lance, um, you know, if he's not the starter week one, uh, Justin Fields, somebody like that. Otherwise, no need to roster a second quarterback. You can always grab one on free agency, uh, but but that's. Let's start there. That's my list of players that you can target that are going ninth round or later that all still have a decent amount of upside. Now, you have a couple like like Kirk Cousins, maybe not as much upside. Um, same thing with Derek Carr, um, maybe Cam Newton. Those would be the three, you know, that wouldn't have as much upside. But they're all going a lot later. We're talking 13th round or later for, for all three of those. So I think the value is okay. Focus um, most of your draft capital in rounds one through eight on the positional players, and the, the quarterbacks are going to get you points. Uh, you know, the, the one caveat I would throw in there too, and see what you think on this is, it, you also got to factor in your scoring settings. I know we're in leagues where we get negatives for sacks. We're in leagues where there's like you know negative three points for an interception. You know that that'll change your outlook on some of these players a little bit here and there. But if it's standard scoring with, with regards to quarterbacks, um, you know you just want you want to you want to factor that in. But in general, this is my list of players um, to go and grab. And again, wait till the ninth round. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this, and then I got a couple exceptions. Yep, I think this is a good list because one, it provides us um, 
obviously a specific range that we're going to start targeting quarterbacks. So this is this is round nine. But also, if we if if a couple of our targets gets overdrafted, then we have a lot of fallback options as these as these rounds go by. So you don't have to scramble and feel like oh I I didn't get Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, or Joe Burrow in the ninth. So let me select someone else that's coming up right behind him or something like that. And then you drop someone that you don't want. So it's always good to be prepared and having this list is, is a way to do that. Uh, I would say that and it's actually kind of going in the order that you would expect, but we're obviously going to want to target the people that, that run and scramble over the people that don't. That's how I would approach this list personally. I mean, I, I think that Kirk Cousins and Rosberger do present good value uh, where they're going. Uh, I do think that they don't get points on the ground, but because of the types of team that they're on, Kirk Cousins had a strong year last year, but you know, obviously Big Ben's going to be you know chucking the ball all over the place. Um, but Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence should get a lot of points with their feet. And if, if, if you're getting points on the ground in the ninth round, then that's an ideal scenario. Uh, so we, I, I like that. And then Fitzpatrick had 150 yards on the ground last year. He's a he's a scrambler. He's kind of like a Pat Mahomes where you think of him as a passer, but he's he's going to get a number of points just on the ground as well. He had 150 yards rushing in nine games. Remember, he was out of a, a lot of games uh, from Miami when, when Tua started. So you could project that almost maybe he's like a 300-yard seasonal rusher, which is not too bad at all. And we're talking the 14th round here. Um, and then uh, the other one I really like a lot is uh, this Cam Newton combo scenario because Cam Newton's going in a range where he's obviously not being thought of as a full season quarterback, which is which is appropriate. But I mean, we all know how important to start off the year in fantasy is. You get the leverage of not having to overpay for waivers. You might have better trade options instead instead of getting desperate. So I really like the idea of someone who Cam Newton for the first month of last season before he caught COVID was actually a, a pretty dang good scorer when it came to fantasy. Now he's atrocious on the field, and I get it, but... I mean, in terms of a guy who's running, scoring touchdowns near the goal line at, at the 14th round, and then just combo him with someone like Seth said, with the Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lances of the world, who are should be inevitably taking overtaking the position. I'm just that's one of my favorite combos, and we're gonna stress that a lot. I'm gonna stress that a lot, um, but that, that that's uh, I like it. I, I think this presents tremendous upside with the QB situation in a one QB league, and we don't have to go overpay for it. Yep. All very solid quarterbacks. Um, you can wait to the ninth round. You're not going to notice a big difference between these guys and, you know, that, that more like middle tier, um, you know, the, the quarterbacks in that middle tier, we can call it. If you, if you want to call it a middle tier, we're talking about like the Ryan Tannehills, um, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, um, you know, ju- even Justin Herbert, People, people like that. Um, a couple, a couple exceptions though. I think you know two quarterbacks that have a lot of single game upside that are in great offenses and they can both run um, is is Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. I think if you can get Russell Wilson in the seventh round, so he's he's going at the tail end of the sixth round. Dak's going at the tail end of the fifth round. If you can get them just a little bit later in each case, in in, in one quarterback leagues, you could see this because a lot of people in one quarterback leagues are all thinking the same thing. Let's wait, wait, wait. And then you see the first person jump in, grab a quarterback, and then you usually see a little bit of a run 
on quarterbacks early on. Um, but if you can get Russell Wilson in the seventh, Dak in the sixth, I think um, those are two exceptions because, you know, look with Russell Wilson, he had a career year in terms of touchdown passes um, last year through 40 touchdown passes. He's still someone they rushed over 500 rushing yards. Um, he's good for, you know, three to, to 600 rushing yards every single season. He's going to get you a couple rushing touchdowns. He's in a great offense. Um, he's got that single game upside that you look for in one quarterback leagues. So, um, you know, cause you can always stream quarterbacks like we talk about. So I think Russell Wilson, the seventh Dak in the sixth, because when you look in that range too, I think it's important to look at what are, what positional players are going in that same range. And when you look like we'll start with with Dak Prescott, for example, if you can get him in the early sixth round, which I think I think is, is fair value. You have you have other quarterbacks like Herbert and Rodgers are going you have Jamar Chase, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Brent, like nobody that's really a game changer there. Hopefully at that point, you already have, you know, five picks under your belt, five players on your roster. You built a good um, foundation um, with with some really good positional players that maybe then it makes sense to go and grab Dak. Russell Wilson's case, when you look at the seventh round, you have the Melvin Gordons, you have the Kenny Galladay's, Jerry Judy, Trey Sermon, you know, some of those players we like. But if you can get Russell Wilson there, you can only start one quarterback. Um, th- that might be another exception that I would make. Um, but other than that, stick to the, that list of players, wait till the ninth round and um, – and that's that's where I'm at with 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 quarterbacks. I, I don't think it's anything, um, you know, too earth shattering or like too revolutionary. I think a lot of people agree you wait for quarterbacks. But I think pinpointing around is important. Um, having a list of quarterbacks that you want to target is important. And um, and then always you know be on the lookout for a couple of those exceptions where you're ready to pounce if, if they're falling at the right spot. Yeah, I mean, you can say that, you know, this is not earth shattering, but people make mistakes on this position all the time and they don't know how and who and where to get what's nice about Dak and Russell Wilson, which we're, you know, definitely on the same page about is that they are like, especially Wilson on the end of the tier elites and Russell Wilson had two points less per game than Josh Allen, who finished number one quarterback. So tell me why I need to pay up for Josh Allen in a one QB league. And I love Josh Allen. I mean, who doesn't right? When Wilson did it, with two points less per game, and I can potentially get him all the way in the seventh. And if you're playing a little bit in, in a sharp league, there's a good chance that some of these quarterbacks will fall. So these are obviously types of game-changing caliber quarterbacks, a little bit different than the ninth-round players um, that we that we mentioned. So I, I, I like those two a lot. I, I actually just watched the first episode of Hard Knocks, which is with uh, Dallas. Dak is looking good. His ankle's looking fine. He's out there running around. I, I like to see that visualization. Um, so I can feel confident drafting Dak, knowing that he was like the number one QB before he went down. Um, again, there's not too much of a difference between the number one and, say, the number six or seventh quarterback in terms of scoring throughout the course of the year. And so when you look at a value above replacement costs, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a future episode when it comes to value-based drafting, Russell Wilson and Dak, you know, just shout that. So I think those are two if you wanted to make an exception. Um, And if you're in a shallower league, you know, this might be kind of a rule that you might want to look at even further. Cause if you're in a shallow league and you can only start your two wide receivers and two running backs and like one flex, you're kind of in a small league. That's that tends to be an area where you do need 
difference makers at each position. Um, Seth and I play in a lot of deeper leagues than that, so we'll we'll probably you know you really need to fill out your roster. But if you're in a shallow league, this probably makes a little bit more sense too. Yep. And for two quarterback leagues, and this is, you know, and I know Jeff, you and I are in, you know, pretty much exclusively two quarterback leagues. Two quarterback leagues are fun, and I love them because it really places, you know, a pretty, you know, an emphasis and a high level of importance on these quarterbacks. It's a little bit more realistic. So whereas one quarterback leagues, you know, you, you love seeing the run on quarterbacks like like I talked about because you're like, OK, let, let everybody else reach on all these quarterbacks and overreact and, and you know, um, I'm just going to wait because there's always going to be plenty of quarterbacks left over um, with two quarterback leagues. It's obviously a little bit different. Like you, you they, they're kind of like the running backs of, um, you know, of one quarterback leagues, you know, where, where everybody, you know, you, you see everybody go and get running backs and reach on running backs early um they're just really important there's only so many of them where in two quarterback leagues you know quarterbacks are are extremely important um so the the strategy is obviously just just way different you know to give you an example if you're in a 12 team league and it's a two quarterback league that means that there are 24 starting quarterbacks and you look at the rankings right now in terms of ADP and you know 24 through 27 is Carson Wentz who's going to miss some time Derek Carr who we like, right? I do like him um, for the value, but he is what he is. Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Um, you also have quarterbacks ahead of them that are in more unclear situations. You have Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Let's assume they're both the starter. Great, but there's still that question mark. You have Deshaun Watson ahead of them as well. His situation is unclear. So, and then and they have quarterbacks that, you know, like, like Tua that I wouldn't want to have to start. So my, my point is, even with just starting two quarterbacks, not even counting any bench players, any quarterbacks that you're going to roster on your bench, there's there's not 24 above average quarterbacks this year. Um, and the one of the main differences in a two quarterback league, you know, one quarterback league, you really don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, the quarterbacks are just a commodity. You don't have to worry about benching or rostering a um, you know a backup quarterback. You can always find one on the on the top of the trash heap throughout the year in free agency with two quarterback leagues they're they're an absolute premium like they come at a premium you cannot find them in free agency they're very hard to find um you know it's just you have to have like i like to like bench at least two backup quarterbacks for that reason they're so important they each have bye weeks obviously there's injuries that come up and you have to start two of them so you know obviously you you never want to start an empty like a running back spot without a running back and have an empty bench spot. Same as with quarterbacks. There's just only so many of them. So that's why it's important. I think, you know, I'll get into my strategy in a second, but obviously you really have to approach the quarterback position with a lot more urgency than you would in a one quarterback league. Um, so my, um, you know, my, uh, my strategy for one for two quarterback leagues is, is obviously different. And let's start with the fact that you really have to, go and grab a quarterback if possible in rounds one or two. I want to get one quarterback under my belt in rounds one or two. Um, you know, there, there, there are a couple exceptions, but let's go over the list of quarterbacks that are going in rounds one through two. We're talking obviously Mahomes, Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. I, I want to get one of those guys. And my strategy has always been that let's go and get one of the stud quarterbacks under our belt, and then we can piecemeal it together 
with that second quarterback. Um, it's great second quarterback options that I like in terms of, you know, a high floor, um, you know, kind of piecemealing that second quarterback position together. Big Ben, Derek Carr in ninth round of a two quarterback league. And these, these ADPs are for two quarterback leagues. Now Ryan Fitzpatrick in the end of the sixth round, Trevor Lawrence in the fifth round. I feel, you know, relative to their ADP value, Derek Carr's ADP is a lot lower than Lawrence, for example. So I like Lawrence. If all things are equal much more than Carr, but I like those four quarterbacks a lot. So again, big Ben, Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Trevor Lawrence, assuming you have one of these stud quarterbacks already on your team. I think that the, those four quarterbacks are great options for your number two quarterback. I think that like in Ben's in uh, Derek Carr's case and in Fitzpatrick's case, we kind of know what to expect from them. We know they're, they're all in solid offenses. They're going to be chucking the ball. Um, and then in Trevor Lawrence case, he's got, he's got a lot of upside. He's a rookie. Uh, even if he doesn't have, even for some growing pains, he doesn't have as great of a year as a lot of people think. I, I think he's going to be very serviceable as the number two quarterback on your team. Yeah, and so I completely agree with you really want to get an elite guy right off the bat um, and then try and piecemeal the second position. Now, I might even be more of a risk taker when it comes to what my second QB looks like because most QBs, are, are they could put up points. You know, it's not hard. They're chucking the ball uh, more or less. They're touching the ball every single down. Um, even if they're on a bad team, then they're usually behind in throwing. I definitely like Trevor Lawrence because I feel like his upside is really high. And he's projects to be, you know, a running quarterback. And near the goal line, he could be getting a lot of rushing touchdowns. So I like what that potential upside could be. I think with some of the other QBs who we don't mind as a one QB league, like going so, so late, these ADPs are kind of too close to some of the wide receivers that I really love, like Tyler Lockett. Like I'm, I don't think I'm going to be drying uh, drafting Ryan Fitzpatrick over Tyler Lockett. So I'm really comfortable with really waiting this out, which is what I really like to do when I get a, a really good stud at QB. I can go really to the bottom of the barrel and and feel like I'm gonna I, I I can get points at my second QB, and I'm gonna go back to this whole Cam Newton combo thing. Like I, I'm looking at Cam Newton going in the what round is he going here in two QB leagues? Eleventh round in two QB leagues, he's going in the eleventh round, and you just you marry him up with the the Fields and Lances who should take over. I just I'm, that's one of my strategies. I just I, I like it, and I I get Fields and Lance are going above them, and you have to take an extra pick. But I like that flexibility. Um, that's I, I'll be looking hard at at that. I'll see how easy this is to execute because sometimes it's a lot easier said than done when you get in the middle of a draft. But I really like that. Um, but either way, what we're saying is you grab your first elite guy, and then you really wait it out until most of the kind of the elite positional people are gone, um, and then you start looking at your, 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 you know, your QB two. Um, yeah. And so let me ask you this about Cam Newton. Cause I know I'm pretty high on, I think what the value is in return. What are the odds? What are the percentages of Cam Newton actually starting all season? I, I think it's definitely a chance that he starts all season, especially if the, the Patriots, you know, especially if, if New England's having a good season, they're successful. I, I think there's a very good chance he starts half the year. Um, 
So it's tough to say with, with Bill Belichick, the draft Mac Jones. I don't know. I think Bill Belichick has shown that he's not going to be he's not going to be pressured into starting the rookie because people think that he should. I could easily see uh, Cam Newton playing the full year. I, I could see Mac Jones. Um, I, I think a lot of it just depends on how how well New England plays. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's playing. I think he's playing half the year, which is why I am bullish. Like, give me a quarterback who's running, who's going way behind everyone else on a team who's going to find ways to score touchdowns. Like, New England's not going to have trouble scoring touchdowns. I mean, I know the offense doesn't look great, doesn't look great on paper, um, but they're in terms of average points per game, they're going to do decent. Um, they're not going to light the world on fire. But I think he's starting half the year, and for half the year, if I'm getting arguably, I think he could be a fringe QB one like most weeks, and we're getting him so late. I, I think it's totally worth the pick. I mean, you could even, if you really wanted to, you can get you know, Trevor Lawrence and then still pick up Cam Newton because he's going so late. But either way, I just I, I really like that pick. I mean, it, it's, do I need to do the drop? I mean, is it, am I talking too much about Cam Newton? I hate myself right now. Yes, yes, but just do it. Do it. Keep it in your pants. I'm a sucker for value, and uh, I just I see an easy fringe QB one for half the season that can possibly catapult your record, um, you know, to a really nice record uh, for the first half of the season. Now, one QB that we haven't talked. To, all right, wrap up any uh, Cam Newton thoughts, and I, I want to well, ask you. I was just gonna say I, I do like that strategy too. If you want to wait, the only thing that I would I would suggest is then you grab a. You, you're obviously approaching the position by committee. So if you're, if you're not going to go and get the Fitzpatrick, Big Ben, Derek Carr, and you want to get somebody a little bit lower down the list, you know, another name that I like that kind of fits that criteria is Jameis Winston. If he's the, like, assuming he's the starter in New Orleans, he's going in the 10th round, middle of the 10th round in a two quarterback league. Um, if you're going to get somebody like him, though, follow it up and maybe grab somebody like a Sam Darnold or a Taysom Hill. So you have his, his handcuff for your bench. And obviously you can drop these players if Jameis Winston. You know, keep him on a short leash as like a liquid bench asset if um, Jameis Winston really shows out. But, um, you know, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. He's a gunslinger. Um, so if you want to go cheap um, and look for those those bargain bargain players, um, just make sure that you have another option on your bench, um, you know, for a, a, like a, a committee approach. Okay. Now, this is really kind of up in the air, and so everyone's going to have to play this one you know, on the whim, and it's too too tough to predict right now. But uh, is there any other news or situation what's going on with Deshaun Watson? Like, he's reported to camp, but is he actually participating? Is he going to be the QB? Do we do we know anything as of right now today? No, nothing. As I think he's going to play in the pre, uh, preseason potentially, but he's he reported – because he, you know, he's getting fined if he doesn't, if he didn't show up. I. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. 
Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know um, any news as far as if he's going to start the season as a quarterback. He's still requesting the trade. Still wants to be traded. They've been reluctant. to. We haven't seen them you know, try and make that move yet. So I don't know. I, this It's obviously something to, to monitor because especially if you have an earlier draft, it's like, what do you do if your draft is in the next few days, right? You have Deshaun Watson who in a two quarterback league is going in the seventh end of the seventh round, you know, an incredible discount. If you, if he does play, um, this is somebody that would be going in the top three rounds easy. So, I don't know. No news on him yet. I th- I think it's more than likely that he's not going to play. I mean, either they trade him or something happens with that investigation. The NFL steps in or um, or he sits out. I, I have no idea. So it, I guess if we had to make a decision, if we're drafting, say, well before this is concluded, He's obviously getting picked up in, in in the draft. In two QB leagues, he's going in the seventh round. Um, let's look up what he's going in the one QB league. He's probably probably pretty late, huh? Uh, yeah, I was pulling it up right now. He's um he's going in the eleventh round. See, I was I was gonna say I think in a one quarterback league, I think he's a great option because you know that if he doesn't start. You don't really worry about wasting that 11th round pick. You can always just drop him. There's so many quarterbacks available. But if he does play, he he's just got too much single game upside. He's just too explosive. You it, it's you don't want to to draft a quarterback that has that explosiveness early in the draft because you want to wait till the ninth round or later. But mm-hmm. Deshaun you know, Watson yeah, affords you an 11th round. I think I'm gonna skip him on both. I, I just think because if I want to go and get a kind of a risky pick and have to wait out and see what's going on. Like, why not just take Trey Lance in the 12th? Like, I, I'm also confident. Uh, I mean, like, it seems like every year everyone forgets that these QBs are drafted and they're, they don't start the year as a starter, but somehow they find their way on the field. I mean, this happens year over year over year. So, like, I'm confident Trey Lance is going to find his way into the starting role for San Francisco, and he could be a beast. So I might as well – I'd rather take a swing at that, I think – than the Sean Watson, yep. but I agree with you in terms of like, okay, in the one QB league, we're we're past, we're in the double digit rounds. Um, you can afford to have one of those picks, whether it be Deshaun Watson or Trey Lance. I think both of those are um, worth the potential upside. You know, there's going to be a, a lot of picks in the double digit rounds that you draft and then won't be on your team within a couple weeks. Yeah, and I, I I like the I'm fine with the Trey Lance Jimmy G combo. I mean, why not? I mean, Jim, Jimmy G is not great, but especially if you're depending on what your scoring settings are. I mean, Jimmy G is your second quarterback if he's starting, and you have Lance on your bench just waiting to to fill in. That's a that's not a bad situation. I like your Cam Newton Mac Jones. I mean, these these make a lot of sense in two quarterback leagues. Um, and given where they're going, you're, you're not going to have to invest, uh, you know, a lot of draft capital to make it happen and you cover yourself. You're able to hedge a little bit. Um, so I like those as well. I like, uh, like Jameis Winston, 
um, Taysom Hill. I like that combo. And, and here's here's the thing with Jimmy G and, and Trey Lance, um, and probably similar to Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Like, it, either they're going to be putting up points and winning the games and giving you points on your team, and if they're not, then clearly they're moving on to the other guy, right? So it, it's a win-win scenario. It's either Jimmy G is having days like week one where he's putting up 19 points, and in that game they lost, but um, or against you know the Rams where he scored twenty three points, fantasy points. Jimmy G, is he, he's either doing that and he's staying on the field, or he's putting up two points and nine points and he's off the field and Trey Lance is in. So either way, you have a starter. But but not, more importantly though, <laughs> and then if Trey Lance comes in and he stinks, then obviously then you have two bad starters. But ideally, Sam Fran is figuring out the one that's actually going to be putting up points for them, which should in turn guarantee you probably a QB two at, at the minimum. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. All right. So the synopsis, uh, quick review. And, and by the way, everyone should be trying two QB leagues. And if your platform doesn't already host it or give you that option, head over to RT sports. Again, the presenting sponsor of the draft special, uh, use our promo code talking heads to get their commissioner service. that has just tons and tons of different customizable features set up the two QB league feature, um, test it out. I think you're really going to enjoy it because it brings in another position to be important. And one QB leagues, QBs are just overlooked. And so now all of a sudden when you're drafting, you have a, a whole position that, uh, that has become important and it's the most important position in football. So it's like, why not? Um, Okay. And, and I think the biggest mistake people can make if they're not used to playing in two quarterback leagues is treating it a little bit like a one quarterback league where you're, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, which is why we say go and get a quarterback early because it's not like running backs. I mean, I know everybody wants to get running backs early in most leagues because there's only so many of them. But you look at the, the list of running backs and you look at, um, you know, like Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, 34th and 35th running back respectively. Going down even further on that list, you have Kenyon Drake, who's the 40th running back, and he's going to get, you know, he's a solid running back. He's going to get some touches. So he's, you could start him and not get a zero bomb. Whereas quarterbacks, you could end up in a position if you if you don't play your cards right, where you you get a big fat zero bomb. I know I've been, you know, in years past, I've been in that situation due to injuries. You just want to make sure that you have two serviceable quarterbacks you can start, and you want to have at least one backup on your bench because. You know, there's, there's what, you know, there's, there's 32 teams, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. Um, I'm glad you, you got get, those numbers, right? Yeah. You, <laughs> you, get, you get zero bombs for backup quarterbacks. Don't score points. Backup running backs do. So for the most part, so that's my, yeah. Don't, know. don't, don't tempt Kenyon Drake to get a zero bomb. He'll get a zero bomb on you, dude. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't tempt him. Hey, he'll, he'll, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, unlike running backs in a, in a one QB league where they're going really, really high because there's you know the lack of you know stud elite running backs, only like a couple of them per year are really kind of like game changers for the most part. To be honest, like Christian McCaffrey was like that for a couple of years. You could have two stud QBs, and they are literally soaking up so many points that they can cover holes for you. You know, they're they're just. So that's that's why it's important to make sure you have one. But give us our quick review and synopsis on the QBs before we move to tight ends. Yeah, so again, one quarterback leagues, you're waiting to the ninth round um, to draft your first quarterback. In two quarterback leagues, grab your first one in, in rounds one or two. 
um, and then wait um, to to grab a, you know one of those four quarterbacks that I that I mentioned: Big Ben, Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Trevor Lawrence, all going in the in the five to nine round range. So you're you're sitting out you know rounds three and four, and unless you get Lawrence sitting out round five, um, and then um, you know look at those quarterback pairing options that we talked about: Trey Lance and Jimmy G, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Mac Jones, Cam Newton. So you have the backup; it serves as a handcuff, and you you know you're guaranteed a starter every single week. Um, yeah, and make sure you have at least one quarterback on your bench, if not two, depending on how many bench spots you have. Um, make sure. You know, d- depending on the situation, might not be a bad idea to have two backup quarterbacks um, if there's any question marks surrounding one of your two starting quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, that'd be the that would be the synopsis for for quarterbacks in one quarterback and two quarterback leagues. All right, let's move over to tight ends. I prepped this for us here. Uh, tight ends, I feel like, is a pretty consistent theme and strategy uh, specifically with us. Uh, one being. I never pay up for the best. Uh, you know, Kelsey definitely performs and has been super consistent. So it's it's really tough to 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 put too much shade on on Kelsey and his draft capital with the amount of points that he's scoring. But if you really want a super elite tight end that actually stays on the field, like Kittle is going. You know, you have the top three guys: Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. Kittle's been kind of hit or miss with this whole injury thing. So. I'm staying away there, generally speaking. Kelsey and Waller, I think, are close enough where if I have a full round of value built into Waller, I prefer to pivot to Waller over Kelsey. Um, But, I mean, I get it. There's a reason why Kelsey should be going higher. It's just he's going, like, a a full round, and he's going to, like, you know, the back end of the first round. It's expensive for me, and if you really wanted to to nail down that position – I would pivot to Waller. So if you don't grab one of the top threes, which even if you want to grab Kittle, you know, I'm not, I'd rather again grab Waller, um, but can't complain too much with also getting even a little bit more value and grabbing Kittle in the third. After that, I think we kind of want to avoid these middle round tight ends. They're just, they tend to be a little bit overvalued and Kyle Pitts going in the fourth. Um, there is every year there's uh, tight ends that are selected outside of round five that end up being a tight end one. So, for example, last year was Robert Tanyan. You had Logan Thomas. You had Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, and then you had Schultz, the the backup tight end for for Dallas. So it's gonna create it's it's gonna involve a little bit of of luck and uh, skill to, to to obviously draft one of those guys that to, to perform. But I think we can do it. I think we can be smart on um, targeting the avoiding the middle round people. And so some of the some of the names that I have on the list to target would be uh, uh, so after the middle rounds, you do have uh, Fant going at seven eleven. You have Robert Tanyan at eight twelve, and then we can keep going further. You have Irv Smith who played about 50% of the snaps last year and still finished as a 21st um, tight end. So uh, he projects to possibly be a fringe tight end one out in Minnesota. Gusecki, who was already a tight end one going 13-01. I get the whole Tua thing and, and not having as good success, but you can't argue with that value. Um, I, I really like Blake Jarwin um, 
also, as in a replacement for Schultz, who finished 11th. He's going 14.01. He played like, like a, I think, a few snaps before he got hurt for like the whole year. So I think that's kind of a sneaky one right there. Blake Jarwin in that powerful Dallas offense. And then a real interesting one, Seth, is I'm not too sure why Goddard is going as high as he is. Like, Zach Ertz is still there. We have a guy, we don't know if he can really produce and throw to tight ends uh, at a high volume. And I don't know why Zach Ertz wouldn't be on the field. Like, I know he's become completely out of favor, and and, and Goddard's kind of the guy. But he, Ertz played 65% of the snaps last year. I, I don't see how he just goes to 20. And you have Ertz going 14.07. I mean, it sounds disgusting, but I just, why would you grab Goddard when Earth still played the most snaps last year. That's a really interesting scenario that's developing. Um... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what, what are your thoughts there? Give me the feedback on our, our players. Well, there. I mean, I'm with you. On, yeah, I'm with you on your general tight end um, thesis of, you know, of not going after that next tier of tight ends because they're usually overvalued because people are like, shoot, I need a tight end. Um, I guess I'll get, I need to get the next best available. People are, are tired of, of waiting. Um, and there's a lot of really with, good wide receivers in that fourth, fifth, exactly. sixth round, even kind of seventh. I'd like to stay away from it. I'd like to start targeting tight ends in the eighth. You know, if, if someone falls in the eighth, great. If not, I got to go start selecting one of these guys I just mentioned. Then, 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 you know, then I, I knew who I'm targeting. Yeah, the drop off in tight ends is so is so great that like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller can hold their own against wide receivers and running backs in that that t in that in that you know stage in the draft. Then the the drop off is so great at the tight end position where the drop off isn't nearly as drastic at the wide receiver running back spots. So that's where you see the the big disparity where there's going to be so many better so many more wide receivers and running backs that you just like a lot more than the tight ends at that point. With with Goddard, I'm kind of torn on Goddard because on, on one hand, on the surface, I, I do agree. It seems like we've been waiting for Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's only played in three seasons, um, and Zach Ertz really the last two seasons at least has been pretty average, kind of a shell. At least last year, the, the kind of a shell of himself. But I mean, Goddard did only play. He started nine games last year, played in played in eleven games total. So he he's missing. He missed five games. Um, still had over 500 yards, still had 46 catches. If he plays a full season and Zach Ertz target share, you know, his, his, his snap count goes down just a little bit. And, you know, it, the natural progression of Dallas Goddard starting to take over as the tight end, um, you know, can he be somebody that catches 60 balls for 800 yards and six, seven touchdowns at that point, he becomes, I think a fair value. I, I mean, I, I've gone back and forth on Dallas Goddard. I don't think he's 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 going at a an atrocious value. He's he's probably not something I'm going to end up with, but I'm starting to slowly come around on him as at least being an option. 
Well, I, I like, is there information out there that like that he's going to be running all the snaps as the only tight end one? Like, this is what I don't get. If you look at his game log last year, he literally had three games all season where he had double digit points, and it's because he caught a touchdown. Other than that, it, every single game is under ten points. I, I think this is a stay away. Like, I don't know how I get yeah. burned on this. I, I don't. I, I, yeah. well, there's, some, there's, there's other running backs that we like a lot more. Some of them you mentioned, like Logan Thomas, like Noah Fant, like Robert Tanyan. Um, there are better options. I'm, I'm trying to like trying to to play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't think the seventh round is terrible, but there there are running backs that are going later than him. That T- tight ends, you know, tight ends. You said running backs twice. That's the running backs twice. Just, yeah, just, I, I, I had uh, Logan Thomas. <laughs> I I I put I had Logan Thomas on here because I know that he's a Seth guy. So, but I, I'm I got my reservations on on Logan Thomas too. But when you're getting that late, you never know. And Ryan Fitzpatrick should be able to help him out. I do have some concern about Logan Thomas. I mean, the first out of the six ten games last year, he was in single digits. He's 30 years old. He's been around a little bit. Uh, I was surprised how long he's he's been around not having success bouncing to four different teams. I feel like this is a recipe for someone having a cute end of the season, a la Tyler Higby a couple of years ago, and then really underperforming because his skill set's just not there. I, I mean, the people going behind him like are equally in the similar scenarios as Logan Thomas, like, like Mike Isecki's a, a, a potentially a very similar player going six rounds later. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big, I'm a big Logan Thomas guy. I played 70% of the snaps. He's on the field a lot. Their offense is going to be a lot better with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'll, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I'm, I'm big on the Redskins this year as a, you know, kind of like an under the radar, sneaky, good, frisky offense. I don't know how good the team will be. I don't know if they'll win the NFC East, but I think their, their offense will be pretty good. And from a fantasy standpoint, you get Terry, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, um, Jay McKissick, who I like, who we'll talk about later as, is kind of like an under the radar, you know, good, um, lower end running back. Um, I think Fitzpatrick is, he, Fitzpatrick is always good for the receivers, like for, for offensive skill players in fantasy. He's going to air it out. He'll throw a lot of picks. He'll make mistakes, but it'll be good for the players around him. So I like Logan and, and 30 years old. I mean, at, at the tight end position is not that old. I know he's kind of a late bloomer and he's only done it one year. But call, I'm a believer. Well, it's, it's it's not old at 30. It's just he had his quote unquote coming out party at 30. That's what that's what concerns me a little bit. Um, I definitely like. I mean, the idea of Fitzpatrick being there in a, in a, in a gunslinger and Gasecki's success was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So a lot of that makes sense. Um, I. And, you know, in the seventh round, this is going to be a tough one that people are going to make the call on. I'm just going to probably always pass on him and feel like that I can get Irv Smith to do the same thing. I can get Irv Smith to do the same thing. I, you know, I, who would you rather have? Trey Sermon in that running back upside or Logan Thomas? Um, or Logan Thomas? <sighs> I, I don't know. Like I, it's 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 easy enough to say I'll just grab I'll just grab Irv Smith as as an alternative, but we really haven't seen Irv Smith do anything. Um, and I'm and, and Kyle Rudolph leaving. Kyle Rudolph was was kind of irrelevant when he was there. He was always um, disappointing every single season. It seemed like I, I I don't know. 
I don't know. I think that's tough. I think that would, you know, I think it's very close. I think it's very close. I mean, I would probably say Trey Sermon, but depending on how my draft is going up until that point, if I'm really happy with how my draft has played out and I have a chance to just slot in um, Logan Thomas to solidify my tight end spot, I think it's, I think it's close to a coin flip, honestly, depending on how my team looks at that point in the draft. Well, I mean, Minnesota doesn't play a ton of two wide receiver sets. I mean, they played a, a decent amount. Um, Kyle Rudolph did catch 28 passes last year. He played 52% of the snaps. I mean, if you add in, how many how many catches did, did Logan Thomas have? I mean, if you combine Kyle Rudolph's with Irv Smith's catches, he's over 55 catches. So, I mean, it's obviously easy to, to add those in. We'll see if he actually does it, but considering the value. So, Again, did you did you answer the question? Like, do you think you're going to go with a tight end versus a potential upside pick in the seventh round? Yeah, I, I said I said it's close to with that specific example you you laid out. I think it's I think it's super close. I think it would just depend on how my team looks to that point. I don't think that I think it's a coin flip. I Logan Thomas, Trey Sermon, because with Trey Sermon, he's it, it, depending on when the draft is. If he's not the starter, and it's gonna be, and I know we like Sermon because. They play the hot hand, and at some point he might be the starter. But Logan Thomas is a very solid uh, starting tight end. I would lean towards Sermon, um, I think, right now, but it's it's really close. Yeah, I find myself getting usually a, a little bit more of an elite tight end in auction drafts. It just allows me that flexibility where I don't have to be strapped into the end of the second round and grabbing a Darren Waller over so many great people because I could choose to pay out for a Darren Waller and someone else in that range or however I wanted to kind of distribute, you know, my uh, budget in an auction draft. But I tend to find I, I get more of the elite tight end in that scenario where in snake drafts, it's always tough for me to pay up. But needless to say, anyone who obviously has Kelsey – uh, has had Kelsey, has had Waller. I had Waller like in in every league last year. He was going for a value. I, I like I like the spot that he was in. So I have him in. Generally speaking, every league, it is it is such a great feeling to just have a trusted tight end that you can start week in week out because we know after the top couple, it's an absolute mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get from your tight end. So keep that in mind if you are willing to pay up. It is a nice feeling to have all year. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the things that I also going back to Logan Thomas, it, it, one of the things that one of the reasons why I, I like him much more than than Irv Smith and that type of tight end is, you know, Washington was was a top ten um, pass attempts team last year. They they threw the ball a lot. This was without having Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and Logan Thomas is a high volume pass catcher, and I think that will provide a lot more consistency than with Irv Smith. When you look at Minnesota, they were bottom six in the NFL in pass attempts last year. Now, Kirk Cousins had a really good year. Um, he was really efficient. They were efficient in the passing game. Um, so they were, I think, top 15, top 16 in terms of passing yards. But you look at the, the bottom six teams in the NFL, and they're all run-heavy teams in terms of total pass attempts. You have Minnesota, Cleveland, the Jets, Tennessee, New England, Baltimore. So my issue with Irv Smith is you have a team that already is among the bottom, you know, five or six in the NFL in pass attempts in terms of how much they throw the ball. And you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, who are, are all steady pass catchers, assuming they can stay healthy ahead of you. So I think Irv Smith will have his moments, but he's going to have to catch a touchdown to be relevant at all. So I think that because of that, there's just going to be too many too much inconsistency and I would rather pay a little bit more to get 
a tight end that I know is going to be around 10 points because Logan Thomas is going to catch you, you know, four to five balls for 50, 60 yards every game. You don't need a touchdown from Logan Thomas for him to have a pretty solid floor. And I'm just sick. I mean, in the past, I've been burned from tight ends. They get me the zero bombs. They get three or four points. I want that steady production from tight ends. So that's why I like Logan Thomas. I think he also has a little bit of upside. And someone like Irv Smith, I get there's no Kyle Rudolph. I'm just staying away given how little they throw the ball. And, you know, he's already the fourth best option on the team for for pass catching. Yeah, I mean, they're all valid comments, which is why he's going five rounds ahead. And I don't want to get in. I don't want to put myself in a corner where I'm only defending Irv Smith because I, you know, I listed. I, I'm, I'm going to put you in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I put myself there, but um, he definitely has more upside. He's going five rounds ahead of him. You know, Irv Smith with Kyle Rudolph's numbers project to be a very similar-ish number to many people who are inside the top 10, 12 at the tight end position for last year when you talk about someone who's going to be over 50 catches. It's not pretty. Um, Minnesota had 32 pass attempts per game last year. Their their defense is atrocious. Washington had 37. It's five. You know, Um, Logan Thomas kind of came out of nowhere. He definitely has way more upside. So, again, I don't want to be only trying to defend Irv Smith, but we we can lump in for sure Logan Thomas. that Seth likes a lot. We've got Fant, Tanyan, who already did it. You know, mo- more of a touchdown only type of person, but maybe he takes the next level uh, jump. Uh, Irv Smith, a little bit of an unknown. Uh, Gisecki, who kind of already did it, but we we got to really see uh, Tua actually come out and perform. Blake Jarwin, who should be able to replace uh, Schultz's numbers, which was good, not definitely not great. Like good, respectable. Um, and then, you know, Ertz, I think is intriguing, um, in terms of the fact I, I have Ertz here is that I don't want to target Ertz. I, you don't want him to be your starter. It's just, he is an example of why I'm, why I am not getting Dallas Goddard. That is one thing that we definitely don't want no one doing. Yep. And I, I think that's fair. I, I, this tight end, it seems like every year we're in a situation where tight ends are just, they're so unsexy. The drop off is so drastic. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know when, you know, what year will be the first year where we're not having this conversation about tight ends, but you'd think hopefully at some point, um, we won't constantly be in the situation towards the, the backgrounds when we're, we're talking about the Zach Ertz of the world, the Irv Smiths as, as players that might have to, to play a meaningful role in our fantasy teams. Yeah, it's definitely not sexy. All right, so that's how we're going to target QBs and tight ends. Those are the players we're targeting in those positions. And then we can start getting to some of the sexier players, running backs and wide receivers, uh, coming up when we start talking about players to target. All right. That's episode three of the draft special presented by RT Sports. We are the NFL Talking Heads. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lull. We'll catch you next time.